Hello everybody, how's it going? Ben Gothard here with another Project Take interview and today we are talking with Brianna Green. How are you doing today, Brianna? I'm fabulous. How is everyone and how are you, Ben? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for asking. So today we want to dive into your life, okay? And so that being said, let's jump right in. First question I have for you is, what is your story? Okay, so my story's crazy. Um, I was formerly a teacher and assistant principal, and um, I actually, uh, I was hired at 21 years old. Um, I got a bachelor's in biology, and I was teaching middle school science, and um, I loved teaching. Um, I loved working with kids because as a child, I was a competitive figure skater for 14 years, so I really did enjoy um, I, I actually coached as a child as well, and I and I loved working with kids. Um, I decided that my day had become a little bit monotonous, and so I decided to explore some other things. I went back for a second master's degree in school administration, and then I ended up um, being the assistant principal and quickly found out that that was not for me. Um, and although there were some other directions I could have gone with that degree, um, the strange thing is I was the only one in my entire family who had gone in a completely different route than them, which is I grew up with entrepreneurs and, and families that own business. So I decided to, um, uh, throughout all of this period, I've always sold on eBay. So when I was, uh, let's see here, I'm 37 years old now. Uh, so let's see, 96. 95 when eBay came out right around 96 I was um, 15 years old and so I started selling there because I've always um, worked on the side and I decided I wasn't making enough money and I wanted to liquidate my bedroom I had heard about this eBay thing and um, so to add on top of, of the teaching and the assistant principal thing I've just always had this side hustle of eBay um, and so when I did figure out that my job was kind of boring me and that I wanted to kind of um, go a different route. Um, my eBay business really started to pick up and I noticed that I was making more part-time on eBay than I was full-time as an assistant principal. So I was driving to work uh, 45 minutes one way plus obviously working overtime and it's salaried. You're not paid per hour. So I decided to take a year's leave of absence and I was very blessed to have been tenured so they saved my job for a year. Um, and really just a month into that switch, I just, I just knew I wasn't ever going to go back. Um, from there, um, things just snowballed like crazy. Um, fast forward to now and I'm all over the place with, with selling. Um, I'm actually an Amazon FBA seller is where my primary income comes from. Um, I have a private label line that I just launched on there. I'm into wholesale and online arbitrage. And then from there, I have a lot of income streams that trickle down. Um, I do eBay. I sell on Etsy. I love vintage items. Um, Poshmark. I own several information brokering companies, which, you know, we can get into if, if you want to at some point. But basically, um, I develop companies based on needs that I see in the industries that I'm working in. So because I became um, so big into Amazon, there was a need for people to be able to find um, products to sell. And so one of my companies that I founded, was co-founded actually, was a, is a product sourcing company. So there's a lot of little ones that kind of like trickle down from there, but that's the gist of it. So now I'm, I'm a business developer, um, everything's online. Um, I kind of go by um, hustling from home or the laptop lifestyle. Um, I have a husband and daughter, and we have the ability, because I run all of these businesses now right literally from our house, from our laptop, we can travel. So we enjoy four-wheeling and hitting up ATV parks and snowmobiling, and we have an RV, and we travel in that, and we're able to make this lifestyle um, work all online for us. That is incredible. That is yeah. incredible. So I want to dig a little bit deeper into your past. Sure. Um, you said two two really cool things that that I wanted to I wanted to touch on. Um, you said you were a competitive figure skater for yes. fourteen years. Yes. Can you talk about how that came about and what you took from that experience and how that's really uh, contributed to your success now? Absolutely. Um, 
I'm not really sure how I got into figure skating other than I was the typical little girl that wanted to take dance lessons. And I think my parents got me into, you know, figure skating and I quickly learned to love it. And, uh, that was about age four. And by five or six years old, I was already going to competitions. Um, I spent most of my middle school and high school years, uh, early high school, um, traveling and competing and doing shows. And so I did have to sacrifice a lot of some of the normal childhood um, activities that, you know, a lot of people get to experience. Um, but the trade-off was now as an adult, I have learned like incredible multitasking skills and diligence and discipline. And I'm like an organizational freak of nature. Like you can give me a list that everyone is like, yeah, you're not going to get that done. And I'm like, watch because <laughs> back when I skated, I mean, even as a young kid, I'd come home and I would have to go train for three hours and it was figure skating. It was weightlifting. And it was also ballet that we had, we had to do all of that. Um, and then go home and do homework <laughs> and go to bed and do it again. So it, it really has taught me a lot that I think have, um, it, it's worked well in the industry that I'm in, that I developed the strengths that, that I did from that experience. So the, the strengths that you were talking about, that discipline, organization, for somebody who maybe hasn't had an experience like yours, mm -hmm. how do they develop that, right? How do, how do they not get um, held down by, by weaknesses like that? How do they really build those strengths? Well, you know, I think one of the things is, I think sometimes it is a bit innate. Um, I have a five-year-old daughter and she's not a figure skater or a dancer and she has absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. But she actually does show those same sorts of traits in her everyday life. So I think, you know, some of it was probably genetic. But as far as getting around that in your everyday life, I mean, I'm a huge advocate of of course, we always want to better ourselves and we always want to be working on ourselves. But there comes a point where there's just not enough time in the day. And it's okay to say you're not strong in a certain area and ask for help and outsource and find someone else who is strong in that. So if organization maybe isn't your thing or completing tasks, you know, you you have a hard time focusing on it. You know, maybe you need, need to uh, talk to somebody who that is their strength. And maybe you don't need to know so much about why they enjoy being organized. Maybe you just need actual physical um, tasks that you can emulate that they do that help them to keep organized. Ask them, well, what do they do? What, do? what do you do to hold yourself accountable? Do you use a calendar? Do you use a dry erase board? Like, what can I do to help myself with that? And, or outsource, if it's something that can be outsourced. Find someone that you know can do it for you. <laughs> I actually think that outsourcing is a, is a fantastic way to go. Because I love it then you literally don't have to deal with that yeah. specific thing. Yeah. Um, so when you're identifying those things that either you are weak in or you are strong in, how do you actually go about uh, labeling that? And I guess it comes down to self-awareness, but, but how do you actually identify those things that, hey, this is something I'm good at, this is something I should double down on, or this is something I'm weak in, maybe I need some help in it. I know for me, it's starting to just come down to um, well, two things, if it's not worth my time, like what is my time worth? Like, is it worth a hundred dollars an hour? Is it worth $50 an hour? Is it worth $500 an hour? And am I doing a task that somebody at 20% of my worth would be happy to do for a nice paycheck? So could, could I be spending my time elsewhere on some higher level skills that, um, I need to implement in order to keep my company going. And, and if you hate it, outsource it. Do not drive yourself into the ground, which I'm guilty of. I'm a control freak. And so it's something that I constantly have to, to work at. I'll drive myself into the ground with the most mundane task that is boring and I'm not passionate about it at all. And then I finally say, why am I doing this? And I actually own an outsourcing company that can be doing a lot of the tasks for me. And I'll finally say, okay, like, let it go. You know, if you're not passionate about it, oh, don't ruin your entire day, like forcing yourself to do it. Find someone who loves it and have them do it for you. That's great. That's great. So, uh, you know, we talked a little bit about the figure skating and working with our strengths and, and outsourcing. Uh, I want to move into the other really interesting thing you said about your childhood, which was that you started selling on eBay at 15 years old. Yes. So 
So how did you get into that? And what steps did you take to kind of ramp that up and, and keep it as a side hustle throughout the years? So, um, I mean, I've always had that entrepreneurial hustle nature. I mean, I was definitely probably the annoying friend that came over and was like, let's put on a show and charge money for an entry fee for tickets. Let's clean your room and put it in a wagon and bring it around door to door and sell it. Like I was always doing that. And I, I don't, I don't know what it was, you know, just about, I don't know. I just basically, um, it's just been something that's always been in my heart. Wait, you, you got to redirect me a little bit here, though. I'm starting to lose my focus. What? Um, repeat the question real quick. Yeah. So, how did you get into the eBay selling? Got it. Yeah. Okay. Um, it, so, when I was about, I think I got my working papers at 14, and so immediately I started working for an attorney's office. And how much am I going to do at 14 years old in an attorney's office? And so I just, I just wanted more money. Um, and I'm, I'm self-taught with a lot of stuff. Like, yeah, I went to school and I have degrees and all that, but I, but I also just like to teach myself things. And so um, I don't even know how I came upon eBay. I think maybe my parents must have opened an account or something, and I went on there and began to um explore it a bit and of course like the very first thing i decided to sell it can't be you know some small item it was like a snowboard i decided <laughs> i was done snowboarding it was too short for me and so i yeah um and then i looked around my room and i said oh okay you know i have porcelain dolls around here i'm not i'm too old for these i'm gonna and they were collectible so i made you know sold that so i just kind of <clears throat> i didn't really go hardcore with it though for a good 10, 15 years, just kind of returned back and forth here and there. And then what happened was when I was teaching, I actually um, went through a divorce and I was um, saddled with literally tens of thousands of dollars in debt. And it was, it was horrible. So I moved back in with my parents. I was a teacher at the time and then teaching bills. I was just impatient to like, let's just get this done. Let's just pay these bills. Like I don't want to be paying on these forever. And so I kind of returned to my roots with the whole eBay thing. And I knew that um, I was an avid TJ Maxx shopper for years, and I was really into designer purses. So my first, like my very first step to this this big empire that I've now built was basically going over to TJ Maxx and grabbing a couple of Dooney and Burke purses. And at that time, I was like, okay, they're a hundred. Maybe I can get them get them to sell for like 130 and make like 20 bucks. And and so I started small like that, and then. Um, I'm like, okay, I'm at, well, I made 20 bucks, 50 bucks, 100 bucks. Oh my gosh. So I just kind of grew from there. I was looking for other products. Um, the business just, just kept snowballing. I paid that debt off in no time, having that as a little, you know, extra income. And, um, and then that led me years later to leaving teaching um, and, and the story that I told before. That's great. So moving along the timeline, uh, to now when you're going into college. Um, can, can you take us through uh, those later high school years, early college years, just so we have some sort of, you know, more of background of, of sure. who you are as a person? Absolutely. So um, it, it's funny because my strengths were always math and science, even though business was um, like always something that I really enjoyed. My heart was just, I'm a science geek and a math geek. I love numbers and I love... I just love that whole thing. So, um, I, you know, like every high school kid, I went from like, I, I'm really into fashion too, which, you know, that's something cool I can do now as an Amazon seller is like launch my own clothing line. That's private label. Right. But you know, I went through the, I want to be a fashion designer. Um, then at one point I actually went and looked at the university of Buffalo and I wanted to be a pharmacist because I had such, um, great grades in math and science. Um, and I graduated, let's see here. My big, my big claim, 370 kids, and I think it was 13th in my class. So I'm wow. like, I got to use my math and science, you know, background, and I, I got to go somewhere with this. Um, so I had a, a full scholarship to just our local community college. I didn't know what the heck I wanted. I was all over the place um, and went right into the math and science program there. Um, and then... Uh, sort of like towards the end of my associate's degree, I started to do a lot of work with kids again. And I just kind of was like, wow, you know what? I think that's where my heart is. I can combine the two, the math and the science and the teaching elements. And so I just, you know, finished my associates and then um, ended up going to SUNY Fredonia and um, finishing up my work there. And geez, let's see here. 
graduated at 21 with my bachelor's and then actually was hired by my home school district, which was interesting because they wanted a, me to take a high school math position at 21. Unfortunately, my friends were 18 and seniors, so I don't think that would have worked out so well. So I accepted the middle school position and, uh, and at 21 and I was a middle or uh, taught there for eight years, seven, seven, and then the assistant principal position came in. So when you were a teacher, mm -hmm. what sort of skills did you develop in that time? Because, you know, you're having to, to instruct and you're having to manage a class and work with people. So what did, what skills did you develop and, and what did you learn again that has now contributed to your success today? Well, the first thing I learned was definitely, I mean, as a young kid, you know, going into a, a school system like that, you, I mean, you have to learn how to work with just totally different people. I mean, from all walks of life. Um, so that was, that was something that I came out of teaching. Like, you know, I'm very glad that, that I learned that. Um, and so also, you know, just, and when you're working with people, you get to know their strengths as well. And now that I'm like outside of the school system, there are still those connections that I have where I'm like, oh my gosh, my coworker had a, had a connection with this or a strength in this, um, you know, and, and, and now I can contact them, you know, um, and still have that connection with them. Um, repeat the rest of it again. I'm sorry. And so <laughs> I, I lose track. I feel like. <laughs> Yeah, so how did the skills that you've learned there really translate into success for you today? Oh, as a teacher. Um, the other thing I, I forgot to mention, this is kind of what I think has really helped me ramp up my business. Um, I don't even know how I, I developed a technology background because in 98, when I graduated from high school, I wrote my senior paper on a typewriter. And that was literally like when we were <laughs> like the internet, what are you supposed to do with that thing? You know? So it was like, um, I, I don't know, like it, strange for me that I just automatically just had this pull to technology. So one of the huge strengths that I was able to kind of carry over was um, I actually developed online courses for the district. So um, I think I started with students. We had some advanced placement science students and we're like, that was kind of like on the cusp of online learning. And I'm thinking, oh, awesome. You know, I'm gonna be like right at the beginning of this and I wanted to really dive in and I did. I did that for the district and I had to teach myself HTML code because that was back in the HTML days. Um, so boy, I learned a lot there. I mean, it was just sink or swim. Um, and then that, um, led also to developing even more online courses that, um, I was actually doing the teacher's professional development. So during the summers I would work with the teachers, um, and try to get them on board with the technology. Um, Apple was like, a, had given us some sort of a grant back then. So we all had our own laptops and, um, wireless remotes and uh, whatever, all the technology and a lot of the teachers that have been there for 30 years, they were a little scared. And so I was able to make them more comfortable with that. So it just was weird that those sorts of experiences and strengths beyond just working with people and having students and the strengths I developed from that, there was a whole repertoire of other things that I learned that just coincidentally helped me out. So then once you did go on that one year leave of absence and you said, I believe you said in that first month, like you knew yeah. that this was like the real lifestyle that you wanted. Um, what steps did you actually take to ramp up your business mm -hmm. and, and to just jump in fully? Like how did you take it from the side hustle to now making tons of money? I'm crushing it. I'm living the laptop lifestyle. I mean, you definitely have to treat it like a business. I mean, like I, I'm very active on Facebook and I answer questions all the time and try to coach and mentor people, but it's like, <clears throat> it can quickly go from a hobby to a, to a full-fledged business. So it's almost like, even if it is a hobby, you need to just kind of treat it as a business. Um, you need to get yourself set up with processes, I would say. So how uh, how's your day gonna look? 
Like that's the first thing too, that a lot of people run into is like, they get up in the morning they make the coffee and they're like, no, what? Like you're on your own, you're at the house. Like nobody's telling you what to do. So definitely, yeah, you gotta figure out how to structure your day. You need to set yourself up as a real legit business. Get your EIN number, your resale certificate. Um, cover all your bases and structure that day. And then um, one of the most important things I think is to make your, and it's so cliche, make your goal list. How are you gonna get to your goals, you know? Well, you gotta know where you're going. But then the important thing is break it down and break it down and break it down into doable tasks. And that's where I think a lot of home entrepreneurs get lost. You know where you're going, like I want this, I want to pay off this bill, I want to buy this thing. But then they're like, great, like now what? Like how do I get there? So take the, the annual goals and then scale those down. Okay, so like on a monthly basis, what do I want completed by November? And, and so forth, and then scale that down. You know, what do I need to do on a daily basis? Don't say I need to do, um, I don't know, I'll use a, a, an example of myself for myself. I can't just write, I'm going to spend some time on social media today. Yeah, that's not gonna go so well. I need to say exactly, I need to advertise for this company. I need to, so I have actionable steps. And I think that's the most important thing. So when you are setting those goals, and, I, and I'm talking more about the big picture, high level, 30,000 foot goals. Sure. How do you set goals that are large enough to where you're inspired and motivated to go out and crush it, but reasonable enough? And I'm hesitant to say that word, yeah. um, but, but, you know, with difficult enough, but not impossible to where, you know, you're just going to get overwhelmed and just say, ah, I can't, I can't do it. And I, I honestly, I, I get there a lot myself. Like I call it like meltdown mode. Like I was in it last night. I just took on too many things and it's kind of like, I just have to, I just have to put it down and walk away and go to sleep and do, or do something else or read and just take me. And then I'm fine. And then I, I can get back to it, but it is very easy to get overwhelmed. And I, I think it's, um, you have to have those big goals that you're just like super excited about, but they can seem like they're really far off if you're not like setting benchmarks for yourself in order to get there. You need to need to set yourself a, a little goal and these little steps and celebrate like, yeah, I killed this first step. Like I'm on my way to that big goal. And I think that's how you keep yourself motivated and going. You have to take these little chunks and celebrate these little victories. And the craziest thing is, is on that journey, like me, I thought I was on this eBay journey, you know, like this one step in front of the other. Next thing you know, I'm like all over the place. So be open-minded on that journey too. And you'll, you'll encounter some other opportunities for sure. So I want to talk about the, the, the whole going into other opportunities thing. Sure. But, but first, I really, I really want to dig a little bit deeper into this goal setting idea because mm -hmm. th this is something that I struggle with and I feel like a lot of people do too. Um, how do you know exactly what what is too big of a goal to set, right? Because, you know, the, I feel like there are two trains of thought. Like one is set ridiculously high goals. And then when you think you've set that goal, add like five more zeros to the end of it or, you know, something like yeah. that. Just keep yeah. taking it to the next level. Keep pushing yourself. Be ridiculous. Be unreasonable. And then the other train of thought is like, hey, know what you're capable of and push yourself like almost systematically push yourself and, and just keep progressing. You know, it, it seems like one, you're trying to live up to your full potential and even more that you don't realize is your full potential. And the other is more practical and reasonable. What, what, what do you do? How do how, what's the better alternative? I, I almost think that those two simultaneously can exist because they're almost more personality related to me. I mean, I, my husband just told me, honey, I love you, but you're a maniac. You can't slow down. Like you have no off switch. I'm crazy. I'm like at four in the morning. I'm just going. And for him, and, and it's funny that you're asking this because we're, we're those two schools of thought. I'm the, we're going to freaking own an island thinking, you know, and he's like, let's just get our bills paid for tomorrow. And like, so I think it's just kind of personality driven. And so what we have to do with our goal setting is 
he has to look, we have our, you know, our joint goals, but he looks at them differently and approaches them differently than I do. I can look at that island way out there. And even though like I'm struggling, I know I'm, I'm going to get there. I'm going to get up and I'm just going to keep doing it. And he needs to have more readily attainable, realistic, like, so I, I and, and I kind of act as a translator in our relationship for that. So I can, I can help him set more realistic goals, like keep them realistic and still have my crazy stuff going on too. <laughs> That's great. That's great. So, yeah. So, so let, let's talk about when you were saying the, the other opportunities, right? Sure. So when you were in the eBay, starting off with the eBay full-time um, hustle and you were, you were moving forward, how did it happen for you? where these other opportunities started to pop up and how did you know that it was the right time for you to, you know, divert some of your attention to these other avenues? Well, I know, first of all, even to back up to the teaching thing, cause I know a lot of people ask me like, how did you know when, when to leave? I was exhausted. I didn't want to go back and my side hustle was now making more than my main job. That's when I knew. And I still had that safety net of being able to go back to that job because they were holding it. But like so many people, you know, they, they jump a little too soon, you know? So as far as um, the, the opportunities and, and how things kind of came about, you know, with eBay. So when you're on this, this straight path, sometimes, you know, these opportunities arise where, you get bored, I guess. I guess that's what I did. I just got bored. It was just kind of like automated. Like it was like, oh, what am I going to do? I have 2,500 items listed on here and I'm like seriously bored. So then I was like, well, maybe I can get them to sell faster. So it's just kind of playing with some stuff. And then that's, oh, I've heard of this Amazon thing. And like people are selling all these books on Amazon. Let's see what that's about. So then it was going over to Amazon and playing a little bit like, holy crap, I've had that book forever and it just sold. And then it was learning that you can sell more than just books on Amazon and more than just new products. You can sell used um, home goods, actually. A lot of people don't know that. Um, and so it was kind of just doing a little exploring and clicking buttons and trying things and not really caring, you know, because so many people are so tentative about that. Like, it's fine. You're not going to mess anything up. So exploring and investigating and experimenting. Um, and then... I guess that that just grew from there too. So I'm like, all right, I'm 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 starting to get these Amazon sales. Holy cow! Like I just sold this thrift store item. Like, and then I hear everyone talking about this FBA thing. What's what's the deal with this FBA? You know, and I I start learning about that. And and my big thing is um, I like to go on these immersion benders. I will call them where I get really 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 passionate about something like Amazon FBA, and I'm like. I just need to know everything about it so that I know if I got, if I want to do it, if I want to put everything into it. And so I just, I just digest everything I can. I watch every podcast I or listen to every podcast, watch every webinar. I do what I can to just, just take all the information and then make that decision. And then, um, and I did that with Amazon FBA and then I went in and I screwed up a whole bunch of stuff and I said, I'm never doing this again. It sucks. And then, uh, went back to learning and tried it again. And then I was hooked. And it's just, I don't know. It's just, I guess, constantly um, being inquisitive and wanting to learn more um, has kind of led me down that path. And then um, to go further, the, you know, as the Amazon business started popping, um, other opportunities start to trickle in um, as well. And how do I know how to take those opportunities? I don't even know sometimes. And sometimes, like right now, I'm really into affiliate marketing. I don't have any clue how I got into this. And to be quite honest, I don't even really know how to do it. it companies approached me to represent products for them and pay me a commission. And I look at the product. Awesome. I use it. I'm going to advocate for it. So it's just kind of figuring it out as you go and taking those opportunities and not being scared to take a little risk. You know? So... As you're building these different companies and, and you're growing and you're, you're learning all these different things, how do you still maintain that same quality and that same level of growth in those first ventures 
that you know you had before while you were personally growing them when your attention's over here? Okay, so what I would definitely do is like eBay, I did not make the move anywhere until that thing was making money and like good money. Like our bills are paid. Then I was thinking, okay, let's like, let's grow, let's get bigger. And that's when I finally took that step to, to Amazon FBA. Like you need to make sure that um, you get a good handle on one before you start developing another. Now I'm not saying you can't like be learning on the side, like, like literally business is my hobby, my passion. Like I, everything I do is business. So my hobby is reading books about these various business ventures, but I'm not going to go bananas and go into it until you know the the one i'm currently working on is up and running and somewhat automated if that makes sense so for me ebay is second nature it takes no time amazon fba is second nature and it, it doesn't take that much time so once you get to the point where it's automated or you have help and you have those systems in place and your bills are paid then you start to say all right i've been learning about this click funnels thing let's uh go down that path you gotta you gotta and I'm, I'm the worst at this. You got to slow down <laughs> and uh, take it one step at a time. So speaking of slowing down, <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, bad at, I'm bad about that too. Oh, I can't even slow down when I'm talking. I have to keep telling you, wait a second, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so, so speaking of slowing down, I feel like there's a huge, um, this huge pain point for young entrepreneurs like myself, you know, yeah. like yourself, like tons of people. And I feel like the pain point is they're doing all these things and they're, they're hustling, they're working 12, 15 hours a day. They're learning about this. They're trying to do everything right. And it's, things are just not happening as fast as they want them to. Mm -hmm. How do you keep that fire and keep pushing and keep grinding? But, almost be okay with with knowing that it's going to take a long time like how do you how do you balance and maybe manage your own expectations there i mean i think a lot of it is um having a good support system so for me i it was difficult at first to be an online entrepreneur because 99.9% of the people in this area, including my whole family, they are just not about it like I am. And so finding that support of like, oh my gosh, why have you been on the computer for like 16 hours straight? Like, what are you doing on there? I had to start like making lists of things so that they could see like I'm doing something here. But now that they know what I'm doing, I like to have two support systems. I like to have my squad, my geek out crew, my, I have business partners that are like my best friends and I have, um, and, and basically these are people from Facebook and Instagram the, the we've all just clicked and we're in business ventures together. So I like that they can kind of reel me in and say, yeah, you're working 16 hours, but are you, what are you getting done? Okay, and then take a look at am I am I spending time on things that I shouldn't be that I'm not outsourcing because I should be because I'm guilty of that. But then I have the other support system because my business friends are kind of crazy like me. And so they can reel me into a certain degree. But then I have my family that that doesn't get it, but they, they see me as a human being that is exhausted and they can they can kind of give me a different vantage point of you need to like slow down or they, they give me a lot of great bring me down to down back down to earth and like kind of like ground me a little bit and like let me chill and kind of just recover and then i can get back into my like crazy work mode i don't know that's how i function i guess so people need to keep me in check and just kind of i i i don't think i'm ever going to be able to a hundred percent not be just driven to work all day. I just love it. I don't, and I just need people to kind of be like, slow down, take a break. And then I get right back in. <laughs> <laughs> so when you're finding those people, and I'm talking about more like the geek squad, you mm -hmm. know, the, the entrepreneurs that you can, you know, they know about what CPC means and you know what SEO means. Like they know all the jargon and they're in yeah. it. And they, get, they get it. They get it. How do you find those people 
And, and especially, I think it's interesting that, you know, you say you have a bunch of different partners with different ventures. Yeah. How do you find those people and how do you make sure those are the people that you really want to be taking advice from and surrounding yourself with? It, it is the most bizarre story too, when I, whenever I, I tell it. So I have um, in, in the two information brokering companies, it's actually one, um, one large company that I co-own with two people and uh, Jeremy Wilson and Bob Steele. And they're both Amazon sellers and we had never met face to face. And we signed partnership agreements and had a joint bank account and had a business popping together. I mean, it's crazy. So how did I know that and how did that start out would be a mastermind group. This could be a local mastermind group. It could be online. Our preferred method was Facebook because we've been on it forever and we just follow our community on there and um, definitely get involved in some sort of a community. And, and to be honest, it's not something that came naturally to me because even though I talk a lot right now and I seem outgoing, I have a, a very introverted side where I like to like not socialize. I like to just be home and in my own element. But, you know, at least on Facebook, get out first. That's a good start. Get out there on Facebook or Instagram or wherever or local meetups and get to know people. And it's funny, you'll you'll find people that I, I call myself strange in certain ways. You'll find people that have those same eccentric oddities about them that are you'll have these commonalities that connect you, I guess is what is how to put it. And then on top of that, you're in the same industry. Um, and even further than that, so obviously I've met my, my business partners and now, and um, I have other business ventures that I'm working on with other people. So how the heck did that happen? Well, then you also have networking events that come up, conferences and take, take that opportunity to go. And that was the last thing, by the way, I wanted to hear after being a teacher like after all of the professional development courses and all that, I was like, I am not going to a conference. I'm not networking. No. <laughs> oh my gosh. I went and it was amazing. It's so different when it's in, in, in an area that you love. You just can't get enough of it. So like one of the big things we do now is we take a look at all of the different industry conferences and things coming up, our little squad, and the squad gets bigger and we get an Airbnb like the last one we were just in Las Vegas uh, a month ago. We went to the ASD trade show and we got a huge Airbnb and we invited everybody over from the Amazon community that knew us and we had a big party there, you know, and everything. We got to network and um, so that's very valuable right there. And then we all stayed in this huge Airbnb together and like you just geek out all week. So sometimes you don't even know the people, everyone, you know, you get your own room, your own bathroom and you eat like family dinners together. And we all sit around the table with our laptops out working on projects and just tossing ideas back and forth. We're there for a full week and then we come home and it's like game on. And we have our mastermind group now that our whole little, you know, squad checks in on like working on joint projects together, working on single projects and holding each other accountable. And, and again, like I mentioned, we, so we'll, we'll plan our next outing, which should be coming up soon here. And we tend to get another member here and there and the, the crew gets bigger and it's, it's just amazing. Next thing you know, you have a close friends, you have close uh, business associates, you have people that are strong in areas that you are not, that you can ask for help. Um, it's amazing. It really is. So taking the time to do that. Yeah, that definitely seems like an asset once you create it. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. It's yeah, just powerful. Definitely, I would definitely start either with a local meetup or um, or Facebook, and you start to get a feel for people. Even it sounds weird, but even on Facebook, where you'll kind of click, like you'll be commenting in the same community, and you seem to have the same opinion, and then you end up being friends, and then. We're like, hey, let's let's have like a little like our own little private Facebook group and we could just like shoot ideas back and forth with one another. And then sometimes it's like you kind of like find somebody else that you're like, wanna be our friend? <laughs> then they come <laughs> in the group. I, that's just kind of and I've been in several of those groups. So it sounds odd and it sounds weird to have to put yourself out there like that, but it's actually very, very, very common in the business world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And again, you know. I would highly encourage everybody that's listening, 
if if you take nothing else from this, which there's a lot you could take from it, and I highly encourage you to you know go back and listen to all the things that Brianna's saying. There's she's been dropping some serious value bombs, but go get a mastermind group. Go find one to join or start your own. I've been in a few myself, and and I could say it is so incredibly helpful. It is it is amazing. It's an amazing experience, and the people that you meet there will not only help you stay accountable, but like it's it's almost like and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like a little competition. Like yeah. who's gonna get there faster? Yeah, and yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, it's nice, and it and it's a good. It's a friendly competition, and because you tend to find people that are similar to you. It's a healthy like thing that keeps you going. You know? Yeah. It's important. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, you know, we talked a lot about your past mm-hmm. and about how you've gotten to where you are now. Um, but what are you what are you working on right now? You know, what is your biggest focus right now? So I I spent a lot of time over the last year um, because Amazon and eBay pretty much ran themselves and my information brokering companies with my partners pretty much run themselves. I spent a lot of time just kind of developing additional income streams. Like um, I went crazy on print on demand. I have a big merch by Amazon account and I have t-shirts like you name it. I probably have a t-shirt on the marketplace. Um, So I I had that time to play. So I, I just got into everything. And some of the things were like a horrible waste of time and some of them weren't, but it was a fun year of experimenting. Um, And so um, when I set my goals for this year, I kind of narrowed back down and said, okay, now it's time to like make the money. You know, I coast, but not that I coasted. I, you know, obviously it was a great, great successful last couple of years, but I know that I'm capable of even more. And, um, and so I, I think right now my, my really, really big projects are still Amazon. I've been um, into retail arbitrage and online arbitrage up until now, and one of the information companies I own is an online arbitrage company. But um, after spending time in Las Vegas, this is the perfect story, I met several um, different people that are uh, where I want to be with my Amazon business. And from that, I literally came back and did a 180. And now I spent the day uh, working on my private label. It's already here, the product working on my private label line and I expect that to be absolutely huge and um, a a couple of wholesale accounts Um, and probably continue to dabble in some of these things. But I feel like for me right now, I want, I want to spend some more time with my family, I think. And I, I say relax. We'll see if that happens, but really, really hone in more on Amazon FBA and, and growing that right now and the private label wholesale stuff and keeping what I have going ticking still. So as you're, you know, as you're moving forward and, and you're setting these goals, um, I'm sure that there's some, you know, big final destination that you want to get to, like your, your big 20, 30 year goals. Mm-hmm. Could you share those goals with us? And, and, you know, wh- what are you in it for? Like, what are you really trying to accomplish here at the end of the day? Um, honestly, I would love within the next 10 years to um, have the opportunity to retire in my 40s if I want. Um, I don't think I will, but I think I could possibly scale back quite a bit and kind of like hand over the reins, so to speak. Um, maybe even sell some of the businesses at that point. I don't know. But I guess the long term goal is just to be comfortable. Um and I know for me, I'm always going to say I can make I can make another hundred thousand. I can make another million. I can make another. I don't know if it's ever going to end for me, but um, yeah, just to be comfortable and and to also have an empire. I only have one child, and so to have an empire and hopefully maybe she'll have some interest in it, um, in in kind of taking it over and, and running things and, and growing it. And if not, we'll sell it. But um, just enjoy the journey too. I just love it, you know. Um, I feel like this is my passion and also my, my passion is helping people. And now I've been able to take my, my entrepreneurial side and my love for teaching and like kind of plop them together. So I'm where I'm supposed to be. I know that. <laughs> That's incredible. That's incredible. So, um, you know, I really appreciate your time on the, on the interview today. Uh, and you know, it's really been a pleasure chatting with you and, and hearing from you. Um, but, uh, I actually have one more question for you. Sure. Um, is there anything about yourself 
that you think is an important part of who you are that I did not ask you about today? In other words, what did I miss? Hmm. Let me think. I don't know. I'm trying to think here. Um, that's a pretty good overview of everything I say. I mean, and, and for any of the listeners or viewers, I mean, if you ever have any questions at all about any of these different income streams and, and all that, I mean, I'm, I call myself crazy pants. I'm all over the place and I have all sorts of different things that I can share with you guys. And I'm, I'm an open book. I guess maybe the one thing to that I would share is that um, if you ever see me anywhere, like I'm the most honest, genuine, like straight up person, like please don't ever be intimidated if anyone, you know, wants to chat, message me, like I'm very accessible and I pride myself on that and I don't, you know, no matter where I go in life, I hope to be able to, to keep that part of me. Um, and I'm always, you know, willing to help people. I know I can drive myself into the ground, like answering personal messages, but I feel like it's super important. There's too many people out there in our industry that like toss people aside too quickly. And I was that, I was, I was that person, you know? So I don't know, I guess just letting people know that I'm, I'm, you know, if you're have any interest whatsoever in anything that I do, I'm an open book and I'll, and I'm not. I don't need to hide anything either as far as my little secrets and all that. I mean, you know, I'm happy to pass that stuff on and pay it forward. So that's incredible. So, uh, Brianna, you know, again, I want to thank you so much for coming on the interview today. It really does mean a lot. Um, for, for people who want to, you know, take the next step with you and, and, you know, maybe get a little bit, uh, more information and, and, you know, maybe connect with you on a, on a little bit deeper level. Uh, where would be the best place to do it and, and in what capacity? Okay, so you can definitely find me on Facebook. Um, uh, I think I'm maxed out on friends. Just hit follow and send me a personal message and, and it should come through. Um, and then I have my personal website with my name, briannamolergreen.com. And um, you would find all of my, my email information on there. Um, and then one of the biggest things is I, I've – run a coaching program in the past and I kind of set it aside for a little while and revamped it. And so I reopened it. It's just always in my heart. It's like, I need it. <laughs> I, I need to, to work with people. And so, um, I did open, reopen a group. It's called e-commerce hacks. And what it is, is basically like, you remember that, well, I guess they still make them the, you know, knitting for dummies or, um, you know, like a little condensed guide <laughs> of the bare nuts and bolts. Like, what do I got to know? That's kind of how I operate. And I think what my strength is from teaching and especially with the middle schoolers is like, I can take a concept like this and I can help you understand it by bringing it down to like an understandable level. So in this um, mastermind group, that's what I do. I drop these little, we were talking about this before, knowledge bombs, like these little hacks, these little tricks that people don't tell you about because who you know let's let's hide it from everybody and make it a big secret so it's it's um you will get way more than the subscription fee it's just 25 dollars a month i probably provided 250 dollars worth of value in one day yesterday if not more um but it's uh, the great thing is you have direct access to me and you, you can message me tag me whatever um there's a program too where you get, I'll give you my cell phone number. You can text me. Um, I've had clients in the past where we're like good friends now. And so I brought them up to speed in a certain area and they had a strength elsewhere. And now we do joint ventures together. So um, definitely um, check me out on my website. And if you need any help at all, private message me. If you're interested in that, that coaching uh, group, um, you can subscribe um, on my website. But you can ask me additional questions too if you're hesitant or, you know, want to know any, any more information. Okay. And for that group, um, for the, the, I believe you said the Ecom hacks group. Yeah. Um, what's the URL to, to subscribe to that and to, for people to, um, you know, join that group immediately. Um, let me see if I can grab it here. You can get the link right on the website, but I'll give you the direct link. Uh, let's see. 
So it's it's actually it's done through Gum Road. Would it be easier if I message it to you or um, just read it? Yeah, read it out now, please, okay. and then I'll also put it in the show notes so everybody can can make sure to get to it. Very okay. uh, accessible, and, and you know they can connect with you uh, okay. off the interview. Okay, so of course Gumroad has to you know put some random letters in here. So it's just gumroad.com, um, and if you have trouble, you can actually just put uh, slash Brianna Muller Green, and, and you'll find me. But uh, the direct link is slash lowercase l slash lowercase c d capital K, and then two lowercase a's. So gumroad.com slash L slash CD capital K AA. The rest of the uh, letters were lowercase. Okay, great. Um, so I highly encourage everybody who's listening to go and check out all Brianna's stuff and make sure that you, uh, you know, listen to this interview a couple times and really listen to all the value bombs um, that, you know, she's been dropping. It's been some seriously cool stuff. Um, you know, it, it really does help to have somebody who knows what they're doing, who's been through it and who is actively still doing it. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a lot of people who preach they can do this and they can do that. But when you ask them, what are you doing now? They're just doing the coaching side. So yes. to have somebody who is in the trenches, still doing it, gr actively growing their business, that is an invaluable resource that for $25 a month. That's huge. That's huge. So I highly, highly encourage you to go check out that group. Again, the links are going to be in the show notes below. Um, so yeah, Brianna, I just want to thank you so much for jumping on the interview today. I really, 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 really appreciate your time. Um, do you want to maybe take the last uh, 30 seconds to close up? Sure. Yeah. Well, first of all, thank you for reaching out. So that's a new, um, Ben reached me through Instagram. That's one of my new little little experiments. I'm like 10 years too old, I think, to know Instagram, but I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> so um, yeah, I just want to say, please know that you can do it. You can you can have a little side hustle. You can pay off the credit card debt. My big thing that I paid off was $100,000 in credit cards in one year with all this stuff I have going on. So please reach out if you need help with anything at all. I'm your girl and I hope you get something set up. All right, everybody. Well, you have a fantastic day. This has been another Project Dag interview. Today, we've been talking to Brianna Moeller-Green. Have a great day. Take care.